One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Tonight we're going to talk about the black horse and everything that the Lord has for us with the, with the anointing of the black horse. And uh, I believe that the Lord's going to do some wild things here tonight. And so open your heart, open your mind. And let the power of the Holy Ghost take over. Amen? Amen. All right, so um, I want to talk a little bit about a prophecy uh, that came forth last week. Um, Last week there was a a, a prophecy about liberty. And um, the Lord just kept talking to me this week about the the two sides of of the prophecy, right? About the war that we're in about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and about what is warring against um, the calling that's on people's lives, right? Every one of you, you know, you have a calling on your life and there's a war against you to keep you deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually to what you really are in Christ, right? And the Holy Ghost is here to unveil you, to awaken you, to set you on the path of of your destiny. And um, the, the, uh, the prophecy about liberty um, was basically about, you know, the worship leader, the guy, um, the guy the Lord puts in a place to do a work is not the best musician. It's not even the elder statesman on the musician team. It's the one whose heart is burning, who has the ability to be the door of heaven, to be the one who releases heaven, right? It's the one who has a prayer life, who searches after the Lord um, when nobody's looking, and then when, they, when the Lord gives them a platform, when the Lord gives them a stage, what happens in secret actually gets poured out, right? And so, you know, that's, that's something that a lot of churches in America don't embrace, right? A lot of churches in America have timed worship. You have a set number of songs, three minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, two minutes, and all of a sudden... Lights go off, the smoke machines get turned off, the lattes, <laughs> everybody gets rushed in. You know what I'm talking about, right? Everything is scripted, everything is routine. Um, and you know, anybody can do that. You can take a musician off the street who has no connection to the spirit and sing um, a spiritual song, right? They can, sing, they can sing it, but there's no juice on it. There's no anointing on it. The anointing comes from your prayer life and the ability that the Lord gives you out of your prayer life to release what he gives you, right? So there's, there's always a contrast. No matter where you go, there's, there's going to be conflict, right? When the Lord puts you in a new platform, it's actually, do you ever hear the term new levels, new devils? Amen? You with me? New levels, new devils. New places, he sends you to different places. There's different devils. There's different things that are going to raise its ugly head and confront and that's, that's actually just the evidence of the Lord called you to do something, okay? When the Lord calls you to do something, you, He actually has to prepare you prior to sending you to a place because there is going to be conflict. There is going to be confrontation. There is going to be an antichrist spirit to try to keep the anointing, the Christ that was, that was smeared on you from going forth and being smeared on the people, right? And so... You know, the, the heart of David um, is something that stands out as, as far as a worshiper goes. You know, David, um, you know, when he, when he went to Zion and uh, he, he, he did all his worship stuff, you know, they were, down, they were down in the temple going through their rituals, but David was in, in Zion laying under the shadow of the wing crying out to the Lord and the song of the Lord, the new song, the the anointing. And the people were attracted to the anointing because the anointing 
does what? It breaks the yoke. The anointing is what breaks the darkness. Not three, three uh, minutes of a scripted song and another scripted song and then uh, announcements and then a 20-minute sermonette and out the door you go, right? There's, there's no juice on it, okay? So the Lord actually um, positions people to actually release the anointing where they go. It's the, the, he, the Lord never positions people to simply sing, sing nice songs and go through the routines. That's called bowing to the religious spirit. Okay, so the confrontation, there's always going to be a confrontation to release the anointing. Okay, and so, so, you know, what is what is worship? You know, true, true worship flows out of the heart. It's his voice. It's the, the, you know, prophecy, words of knowledge, psalms, you know, the new song. They all come from the same place, the heart of God. They come out of the secret place. Right. And it's you, whether he puts you behind a piano where he puts me, puts you behind a, a guitar, whether he puts you behind um, a pulpit, whether he puts you in Panera, whether he wherever he puts you. Right. It's you tapping into the anointing and the anointing flows out of you. Right. You don't have to be the best musician. You don't have to be the best speaker. I'm not the best speaker. But I know this. I know the juice of the Holy Ghost comes out. Right. Amen. So, you know, the Psalms, the, the prophetic flow is something that, you know, the Lord is very distinctive with. And the conflict that you enter into when you go into any place where the Lord sends you, like if he wakes you up, go down to Walmart, you're going to talk to the guy with the, with the beanie hat, with the, with the purple glasses, whatever. Or if he puts you in a church setting or whatever, there, there, is, um, there is a command to let him flow out of you, Right. You know, in uh, First, Thess- yeah, First Thessalonians five nineteen, it says, "Do not quench the spirit." We've been talking about that, and anytime there's a a, a a restriction, anytime there's a necking down of the prophetic flow, well, we don't need prophecy, we don't need tongues, we don't need that, we don't need people testifying of supernatural things. That is that is the enemy who is coming to confront. The, the, uh, the power of the Holy Ghost, okay? And so, you know, there's, there's, there's uh, you know, many things that the Lord talks about in terms of um, this prophetic flow. He says, eagerly desire prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39. Eagerly desire prophecy. Do not forbid tongues, okay? That's a command. Do not forbid it. How many churches do you know where that cannot happen. It's not allowed. Oh, you can do, you can talk about this, but as soon as you talk about the gifts of the Spirit, we're turning that off, right? We don't do that here, right? And so there's always going to be a conflict whenever you're taken to a new place to release a new thing, okay? And so, you know, one, one of the highest forms of worship is the gift of tongues, okay? Romans eight twenty six and 27 says, we, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us, right? We, we can be dumber than a box of rocks, but if we trust in the Holy Ghost, right, and we allow the Holy Spirit to make intercession for us, we become the smartest person in the room, right? Because we submitted ourselves to the way of the Spirit, and the Holy Ghost is allowed to, whoever, you know, I mean, think about it. The smartest guy in the room is not the guy that works for IBM with 180 IQ, Think about it. That's worldly wisdom. The smartest guy in the room who knows how to connect to the voice of God and flows in the power of the Holy Spirit, that is the smartest guy in the room because that guy knows the will of the Lord, right? And that's the whole essence of the connection and relationship with the Lord is that you lay down your will, you, you come to Him with an open heart searching after Him, and as you learn to connect and learn to connect, pretty soon the flow, you become the river, right? Jesus said that living water would flow out of you, right? That's a connection to the river of, of the Holy Ghost. And so, um, you know, one more scripture here on this topic. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 and 5, it says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. 
So he's saying that you, he desires that you connect in spirit, right? He's given you this, this equipping of the Holy Ghost. He's given you this uh, equipping of the gift of tongues to pray, to search him out when nobody else is looking. And as you learn, as, as you relate to him, the, quick, the, the more time you spend in prayer, the quicker the flow, the flow comes, right? And so this flow is what um, the Antichrist spirit is actually afraid of. He's not afraid of a good musician who sings a good song and you get a bunch of smoke machines and you have awesome coffees and lattes and everybody's all, you know, it's a cool place to hang out. What he's afraid of is somebody who hears the voice of the Lord and imparts the power of the Holy Spirit and suddenly another person's awakened and another person's awakened to hear the voice of God and another one's awakened to hear the voice of God. And pretty soon you have people who say, wait a minute, we don't need fog machines. We don't need sexy, sexy singers and, and um, you know, great musicians. We need somebody who's chasing after the Holy Ghost, who's so hungry that they will not um, be part of the system and the routine. They're chasing after God, and the Holy Ghost gets poured out wherever they go. Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. You see, so the Lord is not, he wasn't, he actually did not say that, you know, when Jesus Christ comes, we're going we're to call him the, the, the son of Saul or the, or the son of one of the kings. He said he's, he's coming as the son of David. And when the Lord comes, he's going to restore the tent of David. The tent of David is where the Psalms flowed out of. It's where the pr- prophecy, it's where all um, of what David talked about, supplication and a heart, where the, where the flow of the Holy Spirit was it was the way of life, right? So he's talking about restoring the tent of the Lord. The presence of God would rest on somebody. And when it rests on somebody, then he starts sending people to places. Amen? And so whether you know it or not, you're in a war. Okay? You can't, if, even if you deny it, it doesn't matter if you deny it, you are in a war. Okay, and so the dream that I shared with you a few weeks ago about the the barn door. Okay, when the Lord uh, woke me up in the middle of the night, walked me down into my kitchen, and I looked out. And this is in a dream. Okay, this is this is isn't real. It's actually in a dream. I looked out of my back back uh, window in my backyard, and there was a barn had four horses: the the black horse, the red horse. Uh, the pale horse and the white horse. The, the, the four horses in Revelation chapter 6 were in the barn. So I run outside and the barn, the barn doors closed and I see Jesus walking across the backyard and he comes over and he, he opens the barn door and he starts to talk to me about the barn is not meant to be closed, right? The barn is supposed to be an open place where the horses, the ministries can run wild, okay? And so... Whether, not, whether you know it or not, the war is whether or not the barn door is open or closed. Jesus wants the barn door open, right? But religion wants the barn door closed. Religion wants a, a head count to grow. Religion wants tithing to increase. Religion doesn't want to mess up the flock, right? Prophecy and that crazy stuff, that, that, that actually, you know, confronts lies, sets people free out of prison, breaks down prison doors, releases the anointing on people. It does stuff that causes a pastor's life to be a little bit messy. But that's what deliverance is. What happened on the day of Pentecost? There was an outpour, right? They thought they were drunk. Peter had to stand up. We are not drunk as you suppose, right? But this is the outpour promised in the prophet Joel. You will dream dreams, have visions. You will be anointed in the Holy Ghost. And they went and shook up the world, right? They changed it right? That takes guts to let the Holy Spirit flow, okay? It, as a pastor, you have to actually manage the Spirit, which means you have to allow the Spirit to flow and help the people listen to the voice of the Lord and pastor them to hear the voice of God, not just keep them inside the walls. If you, if you pastor to keep them with the barn door closed and you perceive that it's a loss when you lose, lose people, what are you going to think? that your goal is to keep people inside the barn. Your goal is not to keep people inside the barn. It's the wrong goal. The goal is to equip them in the power of the Holy Ghost, get them mature and being confident in hearing the Lord. And when the Lord says, go here, go there, go do this, stop doing that, they are, they are equipped. 
That's it. It's that simple. They don't have to sit in a pew for 30 years and train underneath a guy for another 20 years, and then they might be ready. But you know what? That's the way a lot of denominations work. You know how the Lord says you're ready? You're ready when you cry out to him in your secret place and he pours an oil on you that no man could ever pour on you. He equips you to do something that no man could ever equip you to do. And he sends you places. He actually releases you. He says, you know what? You're ready to go pour out my oil. You are ready to pour the the new wine of heaven out on the people. Amen? Are you with me? All right. So the barn is an analogy of confinement, limitation, right? It's the, it's the intent of the enemies of God. Jezebel, right? Jezebel threatened to kill the prophet. Huh? Right? Jezebel threatened to kill the voice. He, he doesn't want you prophesying. Jezebel does not want you to prophesy. Are you hearing me? He, Jezebel does not want you to prophesy because if you prophesy, you might waken the dead. You might call a dead thing to life. You may walk into a valley of dry bones and you may call an army to life and suddenly a dead church is set on fire. Are you with me? So I got a question for you. Do you know the difference between a barn horse, a race horse, and a war horse? Look around you. Look around you on Sunday mornings. Look around you. Is that, how many barn horses are in here? How many race horses? And how many, <laughs> how many war horses? Some of you are getting a picture. But here's the deal. You know, a barn horse is perfectly, they're perfectly happy, moseying in, eating some grass on Sunday, doing their thing, chilling out, and they, mo- they mosey back out. You see, even, even a racehorse, a racehorse thinks he's alive. A racehorse might be somebody who's, you know, they've got a touch of the spirit. They get to race once in a while, but they're still going in circles, Right? And then they go back into the barn. Are you with me? You see, but a war horse, you see, do you ever know, you ever study a war horse? A war horse is so trained. It's one, the rider and the horse are one. And when the rider says to go into the darkest, dangerous place, fire, explosion, that horse is so confident in the rider telling it where to go that the horse actually runs Boar horses are actually cha- trained to hunt down the battle where the place of darkness is, where the, where the woeful need is. And the war horse and the rider, Christ, actually, that's where he takes you. The Lord doesn't need you to go to places where there's light. He needs you to go to the darkest places on the earth to awaken the dead, to cast out devils, to heal the sick, right? Come on, are you with me tonight? That's the army of the Lord. He's looking for war horses. And so, let me read you the scripture. This is Zechariah 10.4. My anger is kindled against the false shepherd who speaks lies and delusion. I will punish the goat herders. You know what a goat herder is? That's a guy who's looking to raise the numbers in his church and keep his numbers corralled so he can get more money. Right? That's a goat herder. He doesn't care if he's developing war horses, if he's developing the sheep, right? He's a goat herder. He doesn't care. He just wants numbers and money. That's not my words. Those are his words, okay? For the Lord will visit his flock, the house of Judah, and make them his war horse. So the visitation of the Lord is connected to you being awakened to becoming a war horse. Have you been visited lately? Have you, have you been visited in the last couple of days? Have you been visited this week? Have you been visited? Right? You see, you can run into your prayer room anytime you want and be visited. When you're visited, oh my gosh, I have a prophecy for somebody. Oh my gosh, I have to lay hands on this person. Oh my gosh, I feel this unction. I have to pray for that person that, that uh, is, is, has cancer. I, I, can't, I can't contain myself. I have to. Right? So the visitation is what makes you unstoppable. The visitation is what makes you no longer a barn horse or even a race horse waiting for a man to tell him what to do, but the visitation of the Lord makes you a war horse. Amen? All right. So the visitation is key, right? The visitation, the prophecy, the dream. Anybody have a dream this week? 
Huh? Anybody have, a, have vision in your prayer life? Huh? Anybody get a song, Sophie? How about last week? How about that? How about uh, what, what Sophie did? Sophie's up here playing, what, for a couple hours ministering. And she would not, it was like, it was like I was ready to close up shop. And, all, and she goes, no, no, Tom, that guy in the back. We got we to gotta pray for that guy. We have to have a, have a, we have to intercede, right? We have to prophesy over Tom. I have a vision for him. We bring Tom up, right? All of a sudden, like this hardened heart begins to weep, right? Tears start running down his face. He, he, was, he was madder than a hornet, man, right? There was, a, there was a, a strong deliverance anointing in here last week, and he, he, was, he was fit to be tied. He was back there. He's, he's mad. You could tell he was mad. But Sophie gets a vision, right? And not only that, as other people were ministering, Shelly goes over and says, Sophie, I, I, think, I think you, can you sing a song over this guy? And all of a sudden, Sophie goes, oh my gosh, I was visited today. The Lord started to give me these words and this song came together. And so Sophie begins to prophesy the song of the Lord over this guy, right? That's called Sophie being made a war horse, right? You see, you got to say, you know what? I'm tired of being a barn horse. Anybody tired of being a barn horse? Tell your neighbor, you weren't born to be a barn horse. You were born to be a war horse. <laughs> you see, sometimes the Lord leads you into, into barns. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes the Lord actually leads you into barns. Right? You, some, sometimes people are awakened in the power of the Holy Ghost. They know the voice of the Lord, and then He leads you into a dark place. A could be a barn, right? A place where they don't let the they don't let the barn door open. They don't let the horses run wild. They don't they don't see the need for the visitation of the Lord, and so sometimes the Lord actually leads you there to see whether you are going to conform to the barn or whether you're going to break down the barn door. You see, sometimes the only way a barn door gets broken down because the guy in charge won't open the door. Are you with me? Sometimes he sends people to go into a dark place to bust open the barn door so the rest of those horses can run wild. So you need to have a revelatory moment and say, you know what, Lord, in my secret place, I'm going to chase after you. I'm going to expect a visitation. And there's a reason why you make me a war horse, that I would not go down the street. I would not be sent to another city, wherever it is, just to conform and to be part of the barn, to be accepted. Come on, you with me? To be, to be liked. Now, don't get me wrong, it's important to have relationships, but when the Lord sends you on a mission, He does it with a purpose because there's horses bound in a barn that need set free. Amen? There's going to be people that try to put a bit in your mouth, put reins on you, and try to control you. Try to keep your mouth, the prophetic voice, from flowing. Right? If man can put a bit in your mouth and control you and let, allow you to run once in a while, you might say, well, you know, once in a while I get to be a racehorse. It's a little better than being a barn horse. But the Lord doesn't want barn horses. He doesn't even want racehorses. He wants war horses. So if there's religion trying to put a bit in your mouth, you might want to, Right? You might want to spit that bit out of your mouth and say, not me. No way, not me. You're not going to put a bit in my mouth. You're not going to stop me from prophesying. You're not going to stop me from laying hands on a dead man. You're not going to stop me from casting out devils. You're not going to stop. In fact, you know what? If you're trying to put a bit on me, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you, because if you're trying to contain me, there's an issue with you, son. There's an issue with you, Pastor Joe. There's an issue. Let's pray together. Come on, you call down fire from your God, and I'll call down fire from my God, because you're not going to put a bit in my mouth, because the spirit of prophecy is upon me, and there is just no way, there is no way you're going to put a bit in my mouth. I can tell you story after story about pastor after pastor that tried to put a bit in my mouth, and I went, I got a word for you, bro. Run! 
That's how you call down fire. That's called the spirit of Elijah. That's the one who cannot be contained by a barn, by a bit, right? By a harness. Let's tie the horse up to the stake. Don't ever let some, don't let ever, don't let anybody tell you you are not allowed to prophesy. Don't let anybody tell you that you are not allowed to lay hands on a dead man. Don't anybody, don't let anybody tell you that. Spit that bit out of your mouth. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, you might want to practice spitting that bit out of your mouth. <laughs> Come on, give me one of the, give me a good one. <laughs> Tell them you were born to prophesy. Come on, you were born to prophesy. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. There is no way you're going to shut me up. No way you're going to shut me up. No way. Because for every guy that tried to shut me down, there's a thousand people that got baptized in the Holy Ghost. You will never, I will never allow you. I, I have had, had many try to put a bit in my mouth. I had, to actually, I had to actually figure out there was a bit. They were trying to put a bit in my mouth. <laughs> Amen? Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> You see, you, gotta, you have to actually have to practice it once in a while. You have to look in the mirror. You have to say things like, I will not let religion put a bit in my mouth. I will not let them stop me from prophesying. I will not let the Antichrist keep me from releasing words of knowledge. I will not let it happen. Help me out, Liberty. I will not allow religion to put a bit in my mouth. Amen? Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit. Visit me. Visit me. Make me a war horse. Make me a war horse. Come on. Come on. From the heart. From down deep. Holy Ghost. Holy Visit, me. Visit me. Make me a war horse. Me a war horse. Open, the Open the barn door. Rip the bit out of my mouth. Anoint me to prophesy. Anoint me to prophesy. come on man you feel the electricity come on you were not meant to be caged as soon as you can get the revelation of the vision i've been telling you about the bird they see they try to put the dove in a cage they try to present the dove right on a choker chain with its wings clipped with blinders on and if they're presenting the dove caged guess what you are caged you got the barn door closed. And you got to say, you know what? I will not let the dove be caged. And if you don't let the dove be caged, you won't be caged either. Are you with me? If you don't let the dove be caged, you won't be caged either. You see, you got to, at a moment's notice, at any time, at any moment, you can say, oh my God, I feel the anointing. I got the anointing coming on me. Oh, my God. I'm going to start prophesying over Pete. Pete is going to start laying hands on people. Oh, my gosh. There's going to be a dead man raised today. You see, I'm talking to you about expectation. I'm talking to you about not just coming in on a Sunday morning normal. Oh, that may, oh I can't take it. I can't take the bit. I, I want to walk up and say, can I take the bit out of your mouth? Can I help you take the bit out of your mouth? You were not born to be harnessed. You were not born to be put in a barn. You were born to be unleashed on the world. One man who knows the Holy Ghost, one man who is the, is the war horse of Christ, is an army. You are unstoppable, uncontainable, because your heart and mind are His. They're not the system's. They're not the organizations. They're Christ. Right? So the organizer of a body is somebody who knows you have a gift. You have a gift. You have a gift. How do I put these gifts to work to shake up this city? Come on. Are you with me? That's a completely different vision for why people come together than just coming to get entertained on a Sunday morning. 
Spit the bit out of your mouth and get the word of the Lord and find somebody to cast devils out of. Find somebody to prophesy over to awaken the dead that they would be the army of the Lord. Are you with me, church? (laughs) Say it with me again, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Visit me. me. Make me your war horse. Holy Ghost, visit me. Make me your war horse. Maybe you guys didn't get this. Maybe you have to read this again. My anger is kindled against the false shepherd who speaks lies and delusions, who corrals the prophets, who corrals those with words of knowledge, who puts bits in their mouth and tries to teach them lies. I will punish the goat herder. For the Lord will visit his flock and he will make you his war horse. Oh my goodness. The barn door is open. Tell your neighbor the barn door is open. The barn door is open. You see, you guys are ruined for the rest of your life. You guys are ruined. You will never allow yourself to sit still in a barn again. You know why? Because there's going to be two visions. Is the Holy Ghost, is that dove caged? Am I, am I caged and do I have a bit in my mouth? Look at your neighbor. Picture him. Oh my gosh, you look good with a bit in your mouth. No! Rip that bit out of their mouth! Rip it out! You weren't born to be contained. You weren't born to be limited. You weren't born to be bound. You were born to be a war horse. Woo! My God. My God. Come on, Liberty. You're going to start ripping bits out of people's mouths. There's going to be anointings that come off of you. You see, this is all your fault. I had a nice, pretty little message to teach you guys. But no, Liberty showed up on the scene. Oh my God, I, don't, I feel like I can't get off of you were not born with a bit in your mouth. You were not born to accept a bit in your mouth, to be told when you can steer left, steer right, just sit still. Just sit still, put your money in a basket. Just sit still, put your money in a basket. Just sit still, come, because we want numbers, put your money in a basket. No, you were born to be visited, to be changed, so that you could go lay hands and awaken the dead, to awaken the army of the Lord. You were not born to have a bit in your mouth. Are you, are you with me? Your mind is the only thing between you and the supernatural. Whether you accept the limit whether you conform to the image of the world, the modern-day accepted church, just come on Sunday. That's all we ask, and put your money in a basket. Come on, man. Your money in a basket doesn't get you in a relationship. Your money in a basket doesn't replace the burning heart that can only come out of a prayer room, of a burning heart that can only come out of you praying and supplicating. Like David said, I prayed until I could pray no more, until the, until the song of the Lord flowed out, and all of a sudden the Lord started to speak, and everything around me started to change. No longer was I contained because the Lord spoke. I was unbound, unlimited. Amen? Amen! Amen. Amen. All right, so I said all that. That was just the intro. That was just the intro. I'm going to get to the black horse rider. But everything I said is connected to the black horse. So, all right. (laughs) So, Revelation chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. We're going to talk about the black horse. And again, the analogy, most people grow up thinking and hearing the theology. Oh my gosh, I hope I'm not here when the book of Revelation, when it all unfolds. I hope I'm not here. And what the Lord told me is, that's a lie. The church in the modern era is going to know who they are instead of being afraid of something. What better way to keep you corralled and tricked, to keep you in a barn, than to deceive you into thinking that you're afraid of what you are actually about to become. 
Amen? So if you haven't got the last couple weeks of the, the white horse and the red horse, um, get those and, uh, because they build, okay? So Revelation chapter 6, 5 and 6, and he opened the third seal. Who opens the seal? Jesus. Jesus is unleashing something. Is his favor for you or against you? That's right. It's for you. So if he's unsealing something, is it here to condemn you as a believer? Or is it here to let you out of a barn? So that you know that you were called to be a war horse and not a barn horse. That's, fa- that's one of the biggest false theologies that keep people afraid. What do you mean you're afraid? Oh my gosh. If you're born to run in the dark places, what are you afraid of? Amen? All right, let me get through this. Stop preaching. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quart of wheat for a denarius and, a, and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. So let's talk about the barley and the wheat because the barley and the wheat is the analogy of the difference between the war horse and the barn horse. Okay? Leviticus chapter 2, verse 1 says this. And this is, this is the description of um, when Moses had, had the, the tent in the wilderness. The only thing that was allowed to be presented as an acceptable sacrifice. Okay? Leviticus chapter 2, verse 1. When a person presents a grain offering to the Lord, his offering must consist of choice wheat flour, and he must pour olive oil on it and put frankincense on it. Okay? So, what's the Lord saying? A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius. Can I tell you this? Barley is an unworthy sacrifice. The only thing worthy of being presented in the holy place in the secret place, in the prayer life, is the wheat with oil on it, right? Are you, are you getting the picture? So the wheat, you, you as those who are baptized in the Holy Ghost, when you go into your prayer room, there's oil on you, and you're presenting yourself as wheat, as, as harvested from, from, from the world to give yourself as an offering to the Lord, okay? Barley was an unacceptable sacrifice, you could, not, you could not bring bar, barley bread, no matter how much oil you put on it, you could not bring barley bread into the holy place, okay? It was illegal, okay? And so I find it strange, or I find it to be such a, a connection point that, you know, the parable of the sower has the same ratio of people. For every seed that falls on good, good ground... There's three hearts where they get choked out by the weeds. They never make it, right? The world gets them. And that's the same thing. The barley comes in with the wheat, with the intent that the barley gets transformed. The only way to transform the barley into wheat is a supernatural encounter. It's actually not possible. Barley cannot transform themselves. Are you getting the picture? So the barley, when they come in, you got these evangelist guys, right? They're bringing people in off the street. They don't know anything about Jesus. They're barley. They say, okay, I believe. But, they, but they're barley. Are you getting the picture? They're barley. The only thing as a presentable sacrifice is someone who says, I'm going to do it the way the Lord says. I want your Holy Ghost. I want anointed with oil. And the oil, the voice of the Lord actually transforms me into wheat. And I become an acceptable sacrifice to the Lord. Okay, now that's an important concept to understand because the pair of scales is the justice of the Lord. And the Lord says this, do not harm the oil and the wine. And so before we get to the oil and the wine, let's do this one more time. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost make, me a worthy offering. make me a worthy offering. Visit me. Visit me. Make me your war horse. Make me your wheat. And I will pray in the secret place, making myself an offering to you, that you would use me, that you would speak through me. Amen? Amen. All right, so he says, do not harm the oil and the wine. Don't hold it back. Don't hold back the Holy Ghost. 
Don't hold back the wine that happened on the day of Pentecost. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Don't hold it back. That's a command. Don't hold it back. He tells this writer, okay, that there's going to be wheat and barley come in. Right? They're going to be harvested. Do you know, do you know the parable about G- Jesus said that the reaper angel would be in the church separating the wheat from the tares? Right? It's the same concept that when the barley and and when the barley comes in, the only way the barley gets transformed into wheat is when they go full on. When they say, you know what, I just don't want to come sit and be entertained. I want the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to chase you into the secret place and I'm going to be transformed. I'm coming to you as a worthy sacrifice. I'm coming to you your way. It's a symbol that you can you can know all about Jesus. But you can sit on the outside and say, you know what? I don't want that Holy Spirit. I don't want, I don't think this whole voice of God thing is real. I don't think he talks in dreams and visions. I think that's a lie. But I believe in Jesus. That's called barley. That's called barley. I don't care, I don't care what they say. Well, I, I just, you know, I read the Bible all the time. Well, tell me about your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Tell me about how you pray. Do you pray his way? Do you search him out? His way? Do you come to Him laying down your will in replace for His will? Right? Do you come and say, you know what? I need visited today, Lord. Make me a war horse. Make me a war horse! That's right. Make me a war horse, brother. You see, that's, a, that's called practice. That's, that's, that's how a prayer life works. I need the Holy Ghost every day. I need you to transform me. I pray that you don't find me as barley. I pray that you find me as wheat, right? And so it's a culture. We're talking about a culture of people being awakened that you're not coming to be entertained. You're coming knowing that you are supposed to be loosed out of the barn and there's a prophecy a person needs. There's a healing a person needs. There's somebody that needs hands laid on them, right? You, you, you actually hate the fact that people would go home tomorrow still being barley. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to prophesy today. That's just not accepted in here. I'm just going to sit back. Oh, you know what? They don't like the song of the Lord, so I'm just going to, just going to sing the regular stuff. Come on, man. I know I'm pressing buttons. I know I'm crossing boundaries. I'm, I'm, these are religious taboos, Right? But is the culture set around hearing the voice, knowing that you're coming as a worthy sacrifice, anointed wheat, and allowing the oil to flow? Or are you coming to be entertained, check the box, I don't feel like it today, right? Come on, guys. Tell your neighbor, do not hold back the oil and the wine. Tell them like you mean it. Do not hold back the oil and the wine. Do not stop prophesying. Do not stop having dreams. Do not stop praying in the Holy Ghost. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31 says this, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. Let me say that again. Earnestly desire the best gifts. The Lord didn't hold anything back from you. If you want to prophesy, all you have to do is say, Lord, I want your spirit of prophecy. If you want words of knowledge, all you have to do is say, Lord, I want to be fluent in words of knowledge. I want to get visions like that guy, and I want to know details. I want to know their license plates. Come on, I want, it burns in me when I see sick people walk in the church and they walk out the exact same way they came in. I want the gift of healing. In fact, let's do that right now. Say this, in the name of Jesus, I ask for the gift of prophecy. I want the word of knowledge. I want the gift of healing. I want the gift of discerning of spirits. I want wisdom. I want the gift of tongues. I want to interpret tongues. I want dreams. I want visions. I want to prophesy. 
You see, he says, I will show you a more excellent way. The word excellent there is a pretty unique word. It's connected to more, right? More excellent. I will show you a continually flowing river of more excellent. It actually has two meanings. Preeminent meaning already promised. He already promised you that he would speak to you. He already promised you that the gift of prophecy would flow through you. If you present yourself as a living sacrifice with oil on you, with the anointing on you, and you actually cry out, you know how you cry out? His way. He said, I would talk to you, right? If you pray in the spirit, we we went through this several meetings ago, Isaiah 28, right? If you pray in tongues, he promises to turn and look at you and speak, right? You know why I pray in tongues for hours a day? Do you know why I searched the Lord out for a season? I prayed in tongues for six hours a day for a year. And I started having visitations of angels. I started having encounters. I started being taken to heaven because I suddenly got a taste. And then I got a bigger taste. And I was like, oh my gosh. And you know what happened? Then I started to pray in tongues for hours before my meetings. I used to pray in about 10, 10, 12 years ago, I started praying in tongues for three or four hours before my Friday night meetings and people would shake on the floor. There'd be people, devils cast out of people. There'd, there'd be 150 people weeping and crying and just the encounters of the Lord were supernatural. And that's all from one person learning that if you seek him with your heart, if you chase him his way. He will visit you. He will make you something that is beyond your own ability. He makes you a war horse. When, when you say, you know what? I am doing it the way the Lord says. I am not going to be contained in a barn. Even though the leadership says I'm not ready, I'm chasing my God. And he's, he gave me a word. He gave me something that, that, that releases heaven on earth. Amen? The second part of that word is super imminent, meaning beyond human ability, the outpour of heaven, heaven actually invades earth. So when he says, I will show you a more excellent way, he's actually saying, I will give it to you. It's already, right? If you chase it, it's already in play, but you need to chase me my way. You need to come to me as anointed wheat. You need to come to me in the Holy Ghost, searching me out in the nighttime with supplication and a heart cry that burns. And he suddenly opens heaven over your life. It can't be explained. It can't even be figured out. It can't be comprehended. But the trust is that it's his way and you know he's going to show up. Right? So God is after your heart. He's after, he's after, he's after you to break your heart out of confinement out of accepting your barn, out of accepting your limitation. He's after you to take a scripture like this and it says, Lord, you will show me a more excellent way and I'm desiring the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm desiring the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you know what? This is my prayer. More! Come on. I need some help in here. More! Come on, Holy Ghost. I need more! Come on, everybody, stand up. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Whatever you gave me, you gave it's, me. Not it's not enough. I want more. I want more. more. Come on, Holy Ghost. I want more. Come on, man. You feel the anointing come in this room? Come on, say it again. Say, Holy Ghost, I want more. Come on, it's not enough, Lord. I need more of the Holy Ghost. More! Amen? You getting a picture? Are you getting a picture? You see, that's, that's what I pictured David praying like. That's what I pictured those guys marching around Jericho looking like. You guys can sit down. I was just getting you a little, a little excited. A little pre-ready. A little pre-ready, right? So here's the deal. Let me tell you a quick story. I started to pray in the Holy Ghost, and uh, just some crazy things started to happen about 2009, 2010. And I started to, um, I started to get these, just these visions before church. And I got this one vision. Pastor brought me up, gave me the mic, and there's like 500 people in the room. And the punchline of the vision was this scripture a more excellent way, and a heart cry of more. And I don't know if you can picture this, but I had 500 people doing what we just did. Only it went a little bit different. 
okay? You know what happened a couple weeks ago when holy laughter came in the room? Pete couldn't stand up, and then the, the girls couldn't stand up, and nobody could stand up, right? That's what happened with 500 people. And suddenly, the pastor, who was connected with the Holy Ghost, said, you know what? I guess I'm not preaching today. The Holy Ghost is preaching today. Amen? The Holy Ghost hijacked a service. Do you ever, do you ever see a, a, a service hijacked by the Holy Ghost? You see, I don't know how to have a service any other way. I'm, I am ruined for life because I will not sit in a barn. Are you going to sit in a barn? Or are you going to let the Holy Spirit hijack your life? Huh? When you start getting a picture that it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives where? In you, the hope of glory. What is he hoping for? He is hoping that you and him are one in unison and you will let him hijack your life. That you will let him hijack today, tomorrow, church services, Panera Breads, right? He'll hijack a couple weeks of your life, send you to India. He'll hijack you. Say this, say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Hijack my life. <laughs> Say it again, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Hijack my life. Hijack my life. <laughs> you see, I was uh, I was in India in 2018, and um, we were in this place. There's there's probably about six or seven hundred people in this in this in this building, and we were in very rural place in India. Okay, and there's about you know like I said six seven hundred people. They come through the door and they're all carrying bottles of oil. It was a cultural thing. I don't know why or how. I, I couldn't figure it out. But I'm looking around. I get up and I start to minister and I realize they're all holding bottles of oil. And I, as I'm preaching, I'm, I am, my heart is connected to, oh my gosh, these people are hungry for the oil. And I can't explain it, but the next thing that happened was I started to laugh. My interpreter started to laugh. Then about five people started to laugh. And you got to realize, in India, do you ever see pictures of people in India? They're like this. They're stoic. They, they don't show emotion. They don't, you know, it's, it's just not common. And when you get into a church setting, there is definitely no joy. There is definitely no laughter, no, no, no aspects of that part of the Holy Spirit. And so I was pushing up against some faux pas from some religious limitations that the Lord, that I didn't realize, He was trying to let some people out of the barn. Okay? You with me? And so I start to laugh. My interpreter starts to laugh so hard he can't, he literally goes on his knees. All I do is I'm starting to laugh. Okay? 20 people, 40 people, 100 people, 200 people. Half the room starts giggling, laughing. The whole room explodes in holy laughter. Okay? And I turn around and the, the guy who was kind of like the chief, the, the head pastor guy, you could tell he was uncomfortable. And I'm laughing, doing, doing like we did, right, Pete? Right? Like, you know, when it gets on you, it just gets on you, right? You can't stop it. You can't contain it. You just let it, you just let it ride because the Lord is doing heart surgery on people with holy laughter. It's an anointing, okay? And so... I'm laughing. He's laughing. The interpreter can't stand up. And my connection, the guy who um, is my main connection in India, he gets up to me and he whispers in my ear and he says, they're going to shut you down. They think this is a lie. They don't think this is real. They don't think this is the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so guess what I did? I'm, now I'm drunk in the spirit at this point. I'm beyond, I'm even beyond this is that. I can barely even stand up myself. I am laughing, laying hands on people, oils flying everywhere, people are rolling on the ground, right? Because the Lord is preaching. I'm not preaching. It's a sign and a wonder. Okay? The Holy Spirit is a sign and a wonder. Okay? And when He wants to do something, am I going to close the barn? No. no. I'm going to let it go. So I'm, I'm like, I'm all in. Okay, I'm all in. The people are all in. My interpreter can't stand up. I know he's all in. But I turn around after my, my guy come up and whisper in my ear and says, they're going to shut you down. They're going to shut you down. I turn around and the guy, the big guy, he was probably about 350 pound Indian. 
He's sitting against the wall and he got this stern look on his face. And I looked at him and I started going, more, more. I command the Holy Ghost to fall on you more, more. And I had the whole church, I had the whole church pointing to him going, more, more. I don't know if those Indians learned anything, but I know they learned one word in American, more, right? And so I'm going, come on, more, more, more. And I kid you not, he starts going like this, and he slides down in his, in his chair, and it's like he's in a trance. He's comatose. He's like, he can't move, right? And pretty soon there's a smile on his face. I don't know how the Holy Ghost did it. But when the, I'm telling you this story because it's crazy. It's supernatural. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, do not quench the spirit. Do not shut that barn door. Do not fear what man is going to do with you because if he is unctioning you to do it in the darkest place on earth, he is going to show up and all he's looking for somebody with a heart to say, more! Amen? More Holy Ghost! Come on, show them the more excellent way, Lord. More! 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 What if your prayer life looked like that? You'd be crazy as me, right, Sophie? Yeah. <laughs> Is more in anybody's vocabulary? Yeah. Who? Who? More. I got one. I got one. Do I have, can I get two? Can I get two? <laughs> See, I don't. Re- I'm, this isn't. You know, this isn't college physics. This is just simple, basic. Two, two. We're learning two words today. Right? More. Oh, wait, that's only one word. More! But here's the deal, guys. You see, the scales of justice, this rider, right? This rider, it says, do not hold back the oil and the wine because there's barley that needs transfigured into wheat. And there's a reason why this rider carries the scales of justice because you judge with the favor of almighty God that you have the anointing on you to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to look at somebody in the natural and say, that's not what the Lord formed you to be and drive out demons and just anoint people, right? To awaken them to what their true calling is. That's the scales of justice. That's the favor of the Lord. Amen. Jesus said this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, to bring sight to the blind, to set the captive free, to release those who are bound in prison. You're looking for barley coming through the door. You're looking for barley out in the world. Oh my gosh, you need the oil. You need the oil of the Holy Ghost. You need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You need the new wine from heaven, right? Because something burns in you. It's, it burns in you. Oh my gosh, I, I spit the bit out of my mouth and I can't shut up now. Will they corral you? Come on, man. Are they going to corral you? Is the system going to corral you? Huh? See, you've got to make up your heart before you go into fight. There's going to be arrows, flaming arrows coming at you. There's going to be religion. Rah! Try to stop you. There's going to be an antichrist try to take you out, try to cause problems here and your dislike there. Come on, man. That's the way that's the way that spirit works, right? It divides. It separates. It doesn't actually chase God. It actually likes the barn, right? The Christ, the anointing, that's what Christ means, the anointing. And the Antichrist, the anti-anointing, are at war. They can't live together. So the Lord is looking for somebody with a burning heart that is so in love, so knowing that as He changes your life that you can't shut up, that you will not allow that bit in your mouth, that you won't sit still in that barn, that you will run after people to awaken the dead, heal the sick, right? Amen? You see, powerlessness is accepting the barn. That's, that's the definition of religion. Accepting the barn. No way! You know why? Because I pray more! Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you were born to prophesy. Spit the bit out of your mouth. You were born to prophesy. Spit the bit out of your mouth. Pray in tongues. 
You were born to prophesy. You see, this is practice. You're prophesying, right? You're awakening the dead. See, when you expect in the supernatural, when you start having things happen around, you expect the Lord to move, okay? And it's a heart position. You know it's not you. You know the Lord is going to unction you. You know He's going to speak to you. You know, right? I was in uh, Cape Town, South Africa in uh, 2011, and I was with... um, I was with a, a singer, a psalmist. He was one of the guys on the team I was with. I wasn't the lead, the lead guy. Um, I, was, I was a helper. And um, one, one late night around midnight, we decided to start prophesying over each other. There's four of us, okay? We had already been, we'd been doing crusades and all kind of stuff. And, um, you know, so we, we started to prophesy over each other. And this guy, his name's Clay Webb. He, he uh, has several albums. You can look them up on... Uh, YouTube or iTunes or, or whatever, and um, I laid my hand on him, and I, I uh, tapped in to a song, and if you know my, if my, my family, I'll tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, okay? I can't sing whatsoever, and when I laid my hand on him, this song started to come out of my mouth, and I started to sing this song, and somebody said, oh my gosh, that's a song, and so they got an iPhone, and they started to record. I went on for probably 15 or 20 minutes. Now, this is pretty crazy because I can't sing. But here's the deal. Oil started running down my hand. I had my hand on this guy's head. This song started coming out of my mouth. Oil started running over this guy's face. He's crying. He's weeping. He's shaking. Six months later, Clay has an album out. And one of the songs on his album, guess what? That was a song. It came out. So I'm famous, man. I'm joking with you, but it's a serious story. But, but you have no idea how the Lord is going to use you. You have actually no idea. But all He's asking you to do is say, you know what? I feel this unction. I have gold dust on my hands. I don't know why. I got to find somebody to put my hand on. I got to find somebody. Oh my gosh, I got this oil. I don't know. What, I got bird. I see feathers falling from. The, I, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm electric. I got to find somebody to lay my hands on and cast out a devil. Prophesy, right? (laughs) So you get the picture. You get the picture. You you, uh, weren't born to, 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 you know, live in a barn. Your mom and dad might have said that to you in a different fashion growing up. You weren't born in a barn, right? Well, listen, you weren't born to live as a, barn horse. You were born to prophesy. You were born to be visited by the Lord and to be made a war horse. You were born to be made supernatural, to be unveiled as to what you truly, really are in Jesus Christ. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray here uh, for a minute. Father, I just pray for every person in your Lord. Lord, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would come on people right now that they would not be able to stop praying. Just like that girl, Kara, a few weeks ago when the Holy Ghost came on her, Lord, she prayed for 24 hours straight. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that the anointing of prayer and supplication would be awakened, Lord. I pray that you would awaken a jealousy in the hearts of the people, that they would search for you in the night, Lord, and that you would show them your glory, not just pretty words in a song, Lord, but you would show up, that you would visit them, Lord, and make them your war horse. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for every gift of the Spirit, Lord, to be awakened right now in Jesus' name. And in every way, Lord, that they have accepted the bit in their mouth, I break the power of that lie. I command religion to leave them now. I command that Jezebel spirit to leave them now. I command that Antichrist anointing that uh, drapes over people with heaviness. I break that lie. I break that heavy thing in the name of Jesus. I command it to go. And I awaken the people, Lord, under the sound of my voice to be the army of the Lord. I, I call them war horses. I call them awakened. I call them anointed to raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out devils. That they were born to prophesy, Lord. That they weren't born to sit still and to be a victim of religion. But they were awakened, Lord, to fight the fight, to run to the 
the battle to run to the darkest places of the earth, Lord. That they, Lord, would, would shake the dead out of their coffins and cause them to breathe again, Lord. I pray that they would baptize thousands of people in the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let this grace come upon every person right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.